The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. on the Central Coast. It is Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Make it a great day. Whether you're together or on your own, just uh, be happy. We are happy to be with you all the way till 7 o'clock on this broadcast today. During the 4 o'clock hour, we're going to have a little contest. We're going to give you a chance to score a pair of free tickets to see the group Chicago. They're coming to Vina Robles on August 25th. Our guest judge is going to be our good friend, Mr. Michael Aaron Woody. We'll explain at 4.05. At 5.05, we have Dr. Marty Mackinac. He is on the team at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, and they achieved a major scientific breakthrough last December related to fusion. Yes, I'm going to interview a scientist. Yeah, not not a problem. And then at uh, 6.05, the late, great Derek Ferguson, film critic extraordinaire, picks his uh, favorite romantic movies of all time. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. First up. If you see me walking down the street and I start to cry each time we meet, walk on I think it's sacrilegious to cut off a Berg Bacharach song. Jim Barnett is here. Jim, good afternoon. Yeah, it's sacrilegious, Dave. <laughs> no, what did I say? No, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I, that Listening to that just reminded me of how much Herb Alpert was part of his whole process because that, that trumpet thing in the background where it's kind of uh, short notes, that that's classic Herb Alpert. Yeah. But whenever I hear it, I, I think of Bert Bacharach. Well, yeah. And then they worked together they so worked much. They worked together. Yeah, they did. Anyway, yeah. uh, Bert Bacharach died last uh, week at the age of 94. And I just want to take some time to talk about uh, Bert Bacharach because, uh, in my mind, uh, 1962 to 1972, you have this unbelievable trio. You have uh, the music of Bert Bacharach, the words, lyrics by Hal David, and the voice of Dionne Warwick. And in my mind, there's never been anything like it. So anyway, Jim is here because he knows a lot about music. Look at the list of songs that you put together. Well, yeah, I know. Say a little prayer, walk on by, which we just heard. I'll never fall in love again. What the world needs now is love. Uh, What do you get when you fall in love? Do you know the way to San Jose? I mean, uh, this is just incredible. I say a little prayer. The man who shot Liberty Valance. I did not know that. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> Who tw- tw- 24 Hours from Tulsa. Bert Bacharach wrote that. I mean, go figure. <laughs> I remember I remember Jack Jones getting a big hit on Wives and Lovers back in the 60s before the uh, feminist revolution because <laughs> the words are pretty chauvinistic. <laughs> well, there are a lot of songs like that in the 60s well, that yeah. we could go down. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I want to give uh, Bacharach his due. Bacharach and Hal David, an, an extraordinary team. Uh, absolutely. I, uh, I really enjoyed the Bert's songs, the songwriting. There was a style when you heard the song. If you've never heard it before, you don't know who wrote it. You know it was Bert Bacharach. There, there's just something about, about those songs. Um, and uh, part of it is the rhythmic structure that was pretty much not the same, but uh, similar throughout. Explain. Well, uh, Dum 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 da 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 da. There was that 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 sort of uh, for musicians out there. You know, done a quarter eighth rhythm in the bass, which was typical of a of a rock ballad that, frankly, was made made famous by Glenn Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> but but there was a there was a sameness, but there was still a refreshing difference in in the songs. And Dionne Warwick, uh, she, uh, yeah, because of him. I always thought, for for me, Dianne Warwick was always like a female Johnny Mathis, I thought, yeah. because of her, her style, her range, the same feel, you know, that that listening to her. Of course, I worked with Mathis, and so I can say that with authority. But, uh, you know, she really, uh, uh, she really was, was uh, what do I want to say, the benefit uh, in a big way of Burt's songs, and she made them hits, absolutely. There's that trumpet again. Right? Yeah. There's that tra- trademark trumpet. Yeah, and, right. you, and you could hear the, the bass going boom, boom, boom. And that was pretty typical of of, uh, of, of that. Well, so that's the April Fools with uh, Catherine Deneuve and um, Jack Lemmon in 1969, 1968. Uh, didn't do that well at the box office, but it had music by Hal David and Burt Bacharach. Yeah. Title song, uh, Dionne Warwick. I watched the movie last night. Just I wanted to see how they used that song. Yeah, and I stuck through all the way to the end. And at the end, they give you just a little bit of it. Now let me ask you something. <laughs> did that did that make more sense in April Fools than raindrops keep falling on my head and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance? Ex- explain the argument for people who forgot about Butch Cassidy. Well, I'm watching Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. They go to uh, to Catherine Ross's house, and all of a sudden, next scene. They're riding a bike out, out in the pasture, and this song comes on. I go, what the heck does that have to do with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? I don't get it. B.J. Thomas, raindrops keep falling on my head. But it won. The, he but won. That's the, just me. He won the Oscar. Well, there you go. See, what do I know? <laughs> I'm just a conductor. Well, so why, as a musician, 
Why did that bother you? Did you not like the song, or did it not make narrative sense? It didn't make narrative sense, and it seemed out of character with the, with the, the feel of the rest of the movie. And uh, for me, I mean, I don't know if anybody agrees with me or not, but that's that was just my own personal take on that. Because um, there's been other uh, movie themes that that do make sense. Well, this is like right in the middle of, of, of the beginning part of the movie. As you're right, they go to Catherine Ross's house, and Robert Redford spends the night with her. And the next morning, she's laying in bed with Robert Redford, and all of a sudden, uh, Paul Newman shows up on his bicycle. And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed, nothing seems to fit. Those raindrops are falling on my head, they keep falling. Jim Barnett is with me. We're just taking some time at the beginning of today's show to salute the music of the great Bird Bacharach and his writing partner, Hal David. Let's give him credit, too. And also, in a lot of their music, the uh, graceful voice of Dionne Warwick. More music, more conversation still to come. You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show. Jim Barnett is here. Burt Bacharach died last week. He was 94. He was also born on May 12th. And I, I can't remember a time, because I started listening to music probably starting in the 1960s. I cannot remember a time when I wasn't listening to Burt Bacharach. And when you look at the work, particularly in the 1960s with Hal David and Dionne Warwick, there's nothing quite like it. And this is why I was just playing. That's Burt Bacharach is cueing the audience or cueing the orchestra, orchestra at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. He was telling, he was talking to him at the recording session before they, before they uh, did a take. Yeah, now that <laughs> that happens a lot. <laughs> Share the story. You you saw yeah. him. I, in, okay. In well, event. as most of you know, I, I was a musical director for Johnny Mathis from '74 to '78, and. Uh, you know, by the way, Mathis has a whole album of Burt Bacharach songs, which I had nothing to do with, but I just thought I'd mention it. Anyway, it was um, it was 2006, and uh, the Society of Singers was started by Jenny Mancini, uh, Henry's, uh, well, now widow, uh, uh, 15 years before that. And once a year, they gave an outstanding singer what they called the Ella Award, after Ella Fitzgerald. Anyway, this was the 50th anniversary of Johnny Mathis's entry into show business in 2006, and the Society of Singers was honoring Johnny Mathis at the Beverly Hilton in Beverly Hills. Uh, uh, well, and so what? Well, because... 
uh, I was there with actually Fred Travelina, uh, who I was working with at the time, impressionist, because he did an incredible impersonation of Johnny Mathis singing Misty. And I got to work <laughs> work with uh, Gordon Goodwin's Big Fat Band, which was terrific. That was the band that night. Anyway, uh, one of the highlights of the evening was... Burt Bacharach, who was then 77, and Dionne Warwick, uh, probably close to that age, they, uh, they came up on the stage, and it was, it was very poignant because Burt was obviously uh, older, and he uh, had to be helped up to the piano, but he, he sat there and he played the piano and she sang, and it was just a very precious moment in that evening. I didn't get a chance to meet him, but I did see him uh, in action, so to speak, with Dion, and uh, that, was, that was quite an evening. I was always struck by the fact that he was uh, recognized in, in many ways. Uh, he won multiple Grammys. Uh, President Obama gave him the Gershwin Award for uh, music composition, along with Hal David in 2012. He never got the Kennedy Center honors. I never understood that. As far as I know, that's true. No, it is true. Yeah. I checked it this morning. He never got the Kennedy Center honors. Hmm. Amy Grant gets it, and I'm not slighting Amy Grant, but how do you compare the two? Burt well, Bacharach never got that honor. Well, the bigger question is who decides? <laughs> who, who gets the honor? Uh, there's got to be a board. <laughs> there's got to be a board. Uh, now, um, one of the things I found out this morning, of all the songs he's written, and there's just dozens, the the song that uh, Burt Bacharach is proudest of the most is Alfie, which is uh, from the 1968-69 uh, uh, movie starring Michael Caine, also sung by Dionne Warwick. But I just want to play a few seconds of this because this is Hal, uh, not Hal David, but this is Burt Bacharach actually talking to the audience, introducing the song, and he sings it. Uh, gifted writer, probably not the best singer, but he's, he's just brimming with emotion uh, because this is a tribute to Hal David. So let's just listen a little bit of this. Alfie is like, uh, Alfie was a song that was written for a, a picture. We worked differently on that, Hal and I. Hal wrote the lyric first. I like the songs so very, very much. If you press me for what my favorite song is, or the one I'm most proud of, that's just about is number one. The song we're going to do is um, one of the best lyrics that Hal David ever wrote, or that anybody ever wrote. And thank you, Hal, for all the wonderful lyrics that you've written. Try to do it justice. What's it all about? Alfie? Is it just for the moment we live? What's it all about? When you started out, Alfie? That's pretty, uh, wow. Yeah. Perfect for Valentine's Day. That gets you <laughs> at the heart. Because, I mean, it's a great song. It's a haunting song. But he's singing it to honor his partner. And they had their share of difficulties. Jim Barnett on this broadcast. Yeah, and, and it was uh, Michael Caine and Lynn Redgrave, I believe, was the, 
and Shelley Winters. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're in that movie. I I remember watching that movie at the drive-in in Fresno when I, I in '68, '69. I was going to Fresno State. Anyway, that that uh, song. He's right. That song was written for the movie. Song same name as the movie. Uh, like Laura, David Rexon wrote that for the movie Laura, and I've always enjoyed playing. Uh, Alfie, I enjoyed the chord progressions that that Bracharach came up with. Uh, it, it's just a it's a great song. I was we were talking earlier about say a little prayer. We played played that song. People might remember the movie with Julia Roberts, My Best Friend's Wedding. If you look at the script, the sequence in the restaurant where they all break out into say a little prayer is nowhere in the script. <laughs> that did not come from the writer. That came from this Australian director. Uh, P.J. Sloan, I think his name was, who just loved Burt Bacharach music. And he wanted something just to kind of take the movie up a couple notches. And so the whole wedding party is at this restaurant, and they end up singing Say a Little Prayer. And that is the scene that people remember from that movie. It's not in the script. I believe that. Yeah, it's the power of music. Absolutely. The closest thing I can give you, Jim, to a Burt Bacharach story is that he was supposed to come here to the pack. Oh, I want to say this is like around 2009, 2010. He was going to bring his orchestra and have singers and and do some songs. It was going to be in June. And I was just walking on air. Because they said, oh, yeah, we'll get you an interview. I'm thinking, I'm going to get to interview Bert Bacharach. And maybe I can get backstage and meet him. I would just, uh, it was going to be a magic moment. And then he canceled the show because nobody was buying tickets. I mean, it was it was DOA. Wow. It was 2009, 2010. Well, it was, it was June. People going on with their lives. And it wasn't Bert Bacharach with uh, Dion Warwick. or he just He just had some singers who traveled with him. I saw YouTube clips of the show, and he would leave the orchestra, and he'd play on the piano and tell stories. I'm sorry that I didn't get to see it in person, but Cal, Cal Poly audiences in June of 2009-2010, they just didn't want Burt Bacharach. Well, and it was, frankly, decades after the heyday of the 60s and 70s. Sure. You know, and... uh uh, by the same token, I remember when I was when I was with Mathis and we went to England in the seventies. We found out that he was more popular in England than he was in America because he he had he had his hits for twenty years by that time. And not that I mean we still had sold out audiences, but still the point is he was more famous over there. I think uh, uh, over time that that happens, especially you know a place like Cal Poly, college kids and the the whole scene there. Yeah. Um, but it's been one of the joys of the last week is rediscovering the music of Burt Bacharach. Absolutely. I and mean, bringing it all back to life. Genius anyway, stuff. Yeah. Jim Barnett is on this broadcast. We're just saluting late, great uh, Burt Bacharach. More music, more stories to tell. First, we go to California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with time-saver traffic and weather together. You're listening to Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. It is the Dave Congleton Show.
This guy's in love with you Yes, I'm in love Who looks at you the way I do When you smile, I can't I show you I'm glad I got to know. These songs were all popular when I was in high school, back with Jim Barnett, saluting the late great Burt Bacharach, who died last week at the age of 94. His contribution to American popular song cannot be underestimated, as I'm submitting here all these wonderful songs. Although, of course, he, he wrote some clunkers, but song for a song. The repertoire is absolutely amazing. And everybody wanted to sing Burt Bacharach songs. Uh, yeah, I was in high school back then. And when I was at Fresno State in the late 60s, I can remember, uh, I don't know why I remember this, what the world needs now is Love, Sweet Love. Uh, did that in some concert that I was in. And uh, yeah, his songs were, were were right there. Of course, other songwriters of the same period, Henry Mancini, there was a bunch of others, but Burt Bacharach stood out. Were, were his songs difficult to play musically? I don't think so. Because the documentaries I've seen, they were difficult to sing the notes that he wrote. It was challenging for some singers to reach the higher notes. Well, that's why Dan Warwick and Johnny Mathis did them. <laughs> you can't just have anybody sing his songs, <laughs> I guess. But that, no, that's true. Yeah. Uh, apparently what happened is that from 1962 to around 1972, they have this incredible run. And then what killed the career was the movie Lost Horizon. Hmm. They wanted to, it was the the classic Ronald Coleman movie they were going to remake in the 1970s. And they wanted to turn it into a musical. And of course, Bacharach and David had had this great success with Butch Cassidy and won the Oscar. They brought them in. And I'm, I don't know what happened, Jim, but um, apparently uh, Burt Bacharach, for some reason, writer's block, frustration, he just went into decline. He quit the project, dissolved the partnership with Hal David, and just walked. Hal David ended up suing Burt Bacharach. Burt Bacharach ended up suing Hal David. Dion Warwick ended up suing both of them uh, because of the record contract status. And for eight years... Bert Bacharach was just in the woods, and that partnership was over. That's yeah. You know more about it than I do, Dave. But uh, that's that's tragic. There, there had been other partnerships over the dec over the decades. Actually, uh, Rogers and Hammerstein didn't get along either. But look what they wrote. Uh, and uh, there were other writing teams that had similar uh, difficulties. And he was married to Angie Dickinson, I don't know, 1965 to late 70s. And then that marriage ended in divorce. And then, are you familiar with the the songwriter Carol Bayer Sager? Yeah. All right. I guess they got um, married. And instead of writing with Hal David, he wrote with 
Carol Bayer Sager. And uh, this was the result. So every song we've played since 305 has one thing in common. They were all written by Burt Bacharach. All right. Obviously, that's the theme to Arthur. He won the Academy Award. 1981 or so, Burt Bacharach is back. That's fairly typical for songwriters, isn't it, Jim? You have your high points and your low points? Yeah, I think so. And he actually did some writing before that in the 50s for Marty Robbins and Perry Como and uh, Jerry Butler and Gene McDaniels. There were other people that he wrote with in the 50s before he got going with Hal David in the 60s, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. What was it about those two? It's just uh, these songs are so memorable for people our age. Uh, well, it's it was like the... Uh, Partnership with Michelle Legrand and Marilyn and Alan Bergman. Uh, He wrote incredible melodies, uh, orchestrations, and Marilyn and Alan, they wrote these words, Summer of 42. uh, um, I'm trying to think of uh, Woodwheels of Your Mind, and If It Takes Forever, I Will Wait For You, songs like that. Uh, uh, Mancini wrote... Wrote the melody, but he had a, a lyricist also whose name escapes me at the moment. Shame on me. <laughs> but there were partnerships, very, very uh, um, uh, successful partnerships during those years. Absolutely. And then, so uh, Carol Bayer Sager, they're together in the eighties. They also do the the uh, that's what friends are for, which is probably one song that everybody knows which we'll come back to. But then in the 90s, he ends up working with Elvis Costello, of all people. And you have Burt Bacharach, and you have Elvis Costello working together on a record. And if you've seen the interviews with Elvis Costello, he absolutely worships Burt Bacharach. Yeah, and and Elvis's wife, Diana Krall, who I idolize as a musician uh, and a singer, she uh, she had a big hit on the look of love. The way she does that with her tra- with her quartet, amazing. Uh, let's see here. Let's see if I can find this one. Yeah, we got the ad here. Uh, Jim Barnett on this broadcast. We're just saluting Bert Bacharach. Uh, he's here because that's what friends are for. <laughs>
All right, Jim Barnett, name the four singers on this song. Oh, God, put me on the spot. <laughs> I can't either. Well, it's, De- it's Stevie Warwick, Wonder. Yeah, Stevie Wonder did the harmonica, and obviously Dion. Who are the other two? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Here's a question worth pursuing. What ever happened? Maybe I'm just getting old. Whatever happened to the idea of the popular singer? We grew up, I mean, Johnny Mathis, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Dionne Warwick, Dusty Springfield, people who sung songs. Who do we have today? Uh, good question. <laughs> I, uh, I'm getting old, too. I'm older than you. So I, uh, I just hearken back to the golden age of Songwriting and singers. Jack Jones. Yeah. Stephen Eady. Yeah. Well, Stephen Eady are gone. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If you go to Las Vegas today, they don't know who Stephen Eady is or was. You know? Right. <laughs> but who has come guess, along? Well, who has come along in their place? I guess Celine Dion is is more modern uh, songstress. Uh, unfortunately, she's fallen into some ill health, but uh, uh, she and and a, a few others have uh, are, are more. Uh, more current than the ones we mentioned. We were on we were on the way with Whitney Houston, but unfortunately we lost her. Yes. But she, I think, was going to be the singer for a generation. Arguably she still is, even though we lost her eleven years ago. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But but we don't we don't have those kind of singers anymore. Now uh, singers write their own songs and they record them and they're uh, more like Taylor Swift, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, well, then we have quite a contribution from from the country western uh, era. Sure. Oh, genre yeah. Genre too. Yes, but I'm just talking in terms of those what I call pop songs. Yeah. 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 Something about the pop songs. I think it's it's a combination of the melody and the chord structure and who's singing it that really uh, does something to the human spirit, and we resonate to that. And that's what makes them popular. There's something about a song that hits you a certain way, and you go, you know what? I want to hear more of that. Susan is texting on the Stolberg Tatum text line. Hi, Susan. She's reminding us that the daughter of Burt Bacharach and Andy Dickinson committed suicide in 2007, which may have affected him. His music is part of the soundtrack of my life. Well, I'm sure it did. Yeah, that was a year after I saw him in 2006 at the... uh, Society of Singers, but by but by 2007, his musical career was he wasn't any writing any new stuff. He wasn't doing movie work. He wasn't doing any recording. He was sort of preserving his place in musical history. He was essentially retired, and like I said, when I saw him a year before in 2006, he was 77, and he was how should I say it, an old 77. He was. It was difficult. You could see he was having difficult getting up to the piano. It was a bittersweet moment, but a very poignant one. All right. Uh, we are in conversation. Jim Barnett saluting the music of the late, great uh, Burt Bacharach. We'll come back for a final segment. We're live. We're local. This is Hometown Radio. Tomorrow on this broadcast, we'll check in with Dr. Larry Martinez. This is Doctor's Week on this uh, show. Also, Dr. Bob Crockett from Cal Poly will introduce us to the world of virtual reality.
I think you know this guy, Jim Barnett. <laughs> yeah. And another Burt Bacharach winner. There you go. Well, like I said, Dave, before, uh, to me, Dion Warwick was a female Johnny Mathis. They, they're, what they each both could do uh, was not equaled by too many singers as far as range, uh, breath support, and just overall produ- uh, presentation of the of the of the song. I mean, uh, when I was working with John and I would listen to Dion and go, "Wow, you know, it's like the the similarities were were very interesting to me as a conductor, arranger, and a piano player for for singers." Uh, so uh, there aren't too many of those that, that that come along, and it was just a joy to uh, to work with him. Well, was it difficult for Johnny Mathis to sing Bird Backrack songs? Not at all. I I I enjoyed the songs, and and then he uh, like like us <laughs> really. Uh, it was a, a tribute to to Bert Bacharach. Uh I can't say that we had too many of Bert's songs in the show in the seventies when I was doing it, but uh, he really enjoyed those. And I think the reason he didn't do them in the show, they were Dion songs. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he he she had the hit on those in the 60s and se- in early 70s and he wasn't about to, you know, to to uh t- steal any thunder so to speak. So that's why I'm pretty sure we really didn't have uh, very many if any Bird Backrack songs in in the show that we were doing in the 70s. That makes perfect sense, right? Now so here's the oddity that we were talking about earlier. When Liberty Valance rode to town, the women folk would hide, they'd hide. When Liberty Valance walked around, the men would step aside. Because the point of a gun was the only law that Liberty understood. When it came to shooting straight and fast, he was mighty good. From out of the east, a stranger came, a law book in his hand. Oh, man, the kind of a man the West would need to tame a troubled land. Cause the point of a gun was the only law that liberty understood. When it came to shooting straight and fast, he was mighty good. The bravest of them all. I'm sorry, I love the movie. <laughs> I can't get my head around the fact that that's a Burt Bacharach song. I, 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 I did not know that until a couple of days ago when I was doing my own research. He, he wrote that? Yeah. And, and Hal David wrote the words. <laughs> Go figure. So when you hear that, again, as the music guy in this conversation, what kind of reaction do you have to it? Uh, well... It, if I didn't know, he, I wouldn't have guessed that he was the writer of that song. I would have guessed somebody else, but not not Bert Bacharach, because it it it's a departure from the the uh, well, some of the things that are are similar in in his other songs. Uh, well, and here's the follow up from Gene Pitney. Uh, let me see if I can find this here. Um, 
Now, Jim Barnett, I listen to this song, I go, well, that's Bird Bacharach. Yeah. The music, at least. That's, that's got the, they got the trumpets. Well, and like I said before, that, that, that bass rhythm, bum, 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 that wasn't in Who Shot Liberty Valance. That was a departure musically from the other stuff that he did. So that was one of the character, not one of several characteristics of the other songs. Yeah. I would, uh, think that we should state the obvious at this point that Hal David as the lyricist brought out so much more from Burt Bacharach and Burt Bacharach made Hal David write better and Dionne Warwick made the two of them even better. I mean, but the point being they, the three of them all needed each other. Yeah. That, that was a, uh, a beneficial to say the least collaboration of all three of them. Uh, and, what a what a confluence of of artistic ability of uh, writer, uh, arranger, composer, and uh, the lyricist and singer. That was just a perfect combination. I'm trying to remember the story. It was like around 1962, and Dion Warwick came in as a backup singer for something that uh, Burt Bacharach was doing, and he heard her, and he offered her twenty five dollars to sing a song on a demo reel. <laughs> and uh, the, whoever they wanted to hear it heard it, and he agreed to re- buy the song, but only if Dionne Warwick was the voice. And they knew from the beginning that they had something special because of this backup singer. Yep, that happens, uh, yeah. When when uh, a composer, arranger like Bert, uh, hears a particular singer and he sees and hears... In what they're singing and how they're singing it, uh, she's got to do my stuff. She's got to sing my songs. I get it. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Promises, promises, I'm up with promises, promises now. I don't know how. I got the nerve to walk out if I shout. Again, even a guy like me can spot Burt Bacharach all over that song. Yeah, I le- I love the rhythm of the beginning of that song. It's reminiscent of uh, America from West Side Story. As a musician, I just really appreciate the rhythmic uh, uh, liberties that Bacharach took in, in composing his songs. So 
Promises, Promises is a music Broadway musical in 1969 to about 1971, based on the classic Billy Wilder, Jack Lemmon movie, The Apartment. Uh-huh. And it was a musical version of that famous movie. And I guess it was successful enough on Broadway. It didn't become a movie. I'm glad of that. But um, Promises, Promises, I'll Never Fall in Love Again, all classic Bacharach David songs. And after this, what do they do? They jump to Lost Horizon and they implode. Yeah. And I think if it wasn't for Dan Warwick, uh, it's, it's interesting to, to guess what would have happened. If it wasn't for Britt Bacharach, Dan Warwick, I mean, they, they really, uh, you know, uh, benefited each other. It was a, it was quite a partnership. And she's still alive and I guess she still does concerts when she's not doing her psychic. Readings. Well, I suppose so. I know that Math, yeah. you know, Mathis is 87. He still does four shows a month. She's in her early 80s. Uh, she was in California on tour last year. Hmm. Would you go if you had a chance? Oh, I would go. You'd go see Dionne Warwick? Oh, yeah, I'd go in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I saw Mathis at Chumash in December, and that was, uh, that was fun. He did hmm. his Christmas show. All right, Mr. Barnett, we so appreciate you coming in and giving us perspective on the incredible Burt Bacharach. Final thoughts? Well, this was fun, Dave. I, I really enjoyed that, too, although I had to confess I'm not as much of an, uh, an expert on Bacharach as I am on, on Mathis and all that. But uh, anyway, so happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he deserves all the recognition, Bacharach. Absolutely. And it, it, in my mind, he deserved more. And maybe I'm hoping that future singers will come back like Elvis Costello and rediscover him. There's things in his music that will never be repeated. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Off we go. We got news and traffic and weather. Get ready. During the 4 o'clock hour, we're going to give you a chance to win two free tickets to see Chicago at Vienna Robles come August 25th. But we're not going to make it easy. We'll explain as we continue. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.